Would you like to come and speak to us? As Nathaniel comes, let's hold out a hand towards Nathaniel. Lord, thank you for Nathaniel, for the gift that he is to us here at Fountains. And Lord, we pray that as he shares with us today, that Lord, you would give us open hearts to hear what you might be saying to us through him as we think about this beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart. Over to you, Nathaniel. Amen. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Day to pray because we've just been prayed for. Um, great. So we're going to read the Bible passage in a moment. Um, I want to tell you a story first. When I was at Bible College, I had uh, this friend. If you have the um, presentation on camera, that'd be awesome. Thank you. When I was at Bible College, I had this friend called Darren. And Darren was from Hollywood, but not Hollywood America, Hollywood Belfast. Um, and uh, he loved the crack. And by that, a good time. Um, <laughs> and he would have the whole room laughing on an evening by um, telling stories. He's a brilliant storyteller. And he uh, it's, it's had this story um, that he shared about his when he was at university the first time round in his early 20s. And um, him and a bunch of other lads had basically done zero work uh, that term. Hands up if you ever was at university or something like that. Yeah, there's a few, few people. Um, and uh, there, it was a, it was a theological um, degree. And um, their tutor asked whether he could pray with Darren and his friends the um, night before their exams started the next day. And so they agreed. And he prayed this prayer. Dear Lord, I lift before you these young men at the beginning of their lives laid out ahead of them. And I pray tomorrow for your justice. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, me and Darren used to um, work out together in his living room. And whenever I would leave, instead of saying goodbye or see you later, Darren would say, Nathaniel. Stay pure. <laughs> Which would always make me feel a little bit anxious that Darren knew something that I didn't or too much about me. But So whenever I uh, read this beatitude or hear the word pure, it always reminds me of my friend Darren. Stay pure. Um, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Um, let's stand together and we'll read uh, this passage of Matthew's Gospel together. Let's stand. Uh, I did this this morning at St. Margaret's Church, and it's a bit of an eye test. They could do it at the front, but they couldn't do it at the back. So let's, uh, and unfortunately, the older people sit at the back, so they were stuffed. Let's, um, let's read this Holy Scripture together. Now, when Jesus saw the crowd, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If I say this is the gospel of the Lord, we say praise to you, O Christ. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Take a seat. So in the message uh, translation of the Bible, um, we have this. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. This verse, it's got something to do with integrity, the word integrity. If someone has integrity, it means they do what they say. It means there's a consistency in who they are, no matter where you might find them, what time of day or place. Um, It's close to the words authenticity. Our culture loves authentic people. We really love authentic celebrities, don't we? Not all of them are, but ones that are, we really like them. People who aren't pretending, they're not wearing a mask. Um, Someone who is the same person in the different areas of their lives. Some people would say we, each of us, live three different lives. We have our public life, that might be at church or at work, at school or college. Um, And then we have our private lives where only a few know us, close family, close friends. Um, It might see more of the real you. That's, um, for me, that's mainly Ivy and Zeke. Um, And then uh, there's our secret lives where only you know who you are. And I suppose if we believe in God, also God. It's you and God. So there's three areas, three different lives. And over the past few years, there's been a reckoning in our society where people who have held power in different institutions, entertainment, um, education, policing, uh, and very, very sadly, the church, and there's been the Me Too movement and various others, where it's been revealed, often very painfully, that people have led inconsistent lives, that the three lives they live haven't matched up, that they've lacked integrity um, and consistency. Jesus, I think, is thought of as a wise teacher in our culture, um, and I think he's thought as kind. But if you actually read the Gospels, What I'm always surprised about is how rude Jesus is to quite a few people in the Gospels. He he can be quite an abrasive character. Um, Later on in this Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, we have the seven woes, where Jesus absolutely lets rip at the religious leaders of the day. It's it's almost like a rap battle or a, a roasting of the Pharisees. He says, Woe to you, you Pharisees, you scribes, you hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs. The outside is lovely, but inside full of rotting bones. Woe to you, for you clean the outside of the cup, but leave the inside filthy. Um, That's usually what I do with my car. (laughs) Drive around, the outside's clean, the inside, all kinds of debauchery. Well, no, it's more just um, horrible crisp packets and 
half-eaten sandwiches from the kids. Um, a hypocrite, that you, he goes on to say, you snakes, you brood of vipers, and he, he calls them hypocrites. Uh, a hypocrite is a, an actor. It's a, it's a word from um, a Greek theatre where someone might wear a mask while they were um, playing a role. They might play multiple roles within a play, and they would signify they're playing a different role by wearing a different mask during that part of the play. So Jesus is saying, you're pretenders, you're actors, you're not the real deal. Jesus is most concerned with our hearts, our inner lives. He says, um, Linda touched on this earlier, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or you might know this one, a tree is known by its fruits, a good tree produces good fruit, so a good person produces good out of the good stored up in them. Beyond authenticity and integrity, there's something about this phrase, pure in heart, which means our heart is set on God. We have an undivided heart. Can anyone guess what the most recited verse of the Bible would be in Jesus' time? How many Bible boffins here? What would be the most recited verse in Jesus' time? Hands up. We'll have no, we'll have no vicars answering this question, please. <laughs> Even ones that were ordained yesterday. <laughs> Any guesses? Guard, guard your heart for its... It would be good if it was, because that would work really well for this talk, but I, I don't think it would be John. Pardon? Yeah, the Shema. So particularly the first part of it, but they would recite all of it. So the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So this would have been recited multiple times by Jewish people um, throughout the Old Testament times. Uh, and that word there at the end is uh, Ehad. Um, and it's still used by uh, Hebrew people, to Jewish people today. And it, uh, it's the foundation of monotheism, so God is one. But it also has a different meaning. Um, it's a word that uh, a girlfriend might say to a boyfriend or, you know, or vice versa. A lover to a lover, wife and husband. I had, you are my one and only. Uh, I only have eyes for you um, and there's something in there about purity of heart having a pure heart is having God as our ehad, our one and only and the opposite of a pure heart is it's a divided heart and I think just as those with a pure heart will see God often those with a divided heart we find it harder to see God um, I think a lot of us walk with quite a, it's, it's very sad when we have Christian friends or family who were really walking with Jesus at one point in their lives and now aren't uh, for various reasons. I, I know for me particularly, that's a pain that I feel, uh, yeah, quite acutely for a number of friends and family. Um, and, uh, I think an observation for me is 
it's often been um, non-Christian boyfriends or girlfriends that have been the beginning of them losing faith. And, uh, and I kind of, you hear all sorts of stories at the beginning um, justifying the, the relationship. We might say something like, um, well, their, their great-grandmother was Catholic, <laughs> or they went to Soul Survivor 25 years ago and really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I, there are lots and lots of examples who pe- of people who make um, uh, those kind of relationships work. Be loads of examples, and yet I think it is one of the things where we can see God becoming less the ahad, the one, and the other person, the boy, the girl, becoming the ahad. But there's loads of other examples, not just romance. Um, Jesus says money can do that for us. He says you cannot serve both God and money. You have to choose power. Um, uh, any other kind of idol that we have in our lives. Um, I'm getting dangerously close to park run on a Saturday morning becoming an idol. Nothing can get in the way. <laughs> um, just live for it. If the Lord asked me to give it up, I'd say, no, it's healthy. <laughs> Um, uh, and you you know all the others the perfect family career um, blah 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 all of them so is Jesus really saying blessed are the perfect for they'll see God when they get to heaven is that what he's saying see some crossing of heads Um, I hate the word perfect I especially hate the word perfect in church Um, I think maybe we should it should be like a swear word. It'd be like when someone says it's like, ooh. Um, uh, Jesus uses words like goodness and fully grown and mature, whole. On the surface, it is bizarre that King David, who was a fighter, also a lover, a scallywag, a poet, a hellraiser, a king, He's all of these things, and yet he's called a man after God's own heart. There is a sense in the whole mess of his life that he is pursuing a life after God with a pure heart, and yet he lives with a lot of trauma, but also just his life is a real mess. After David had done something kind of unspeakable, it's, it's one of those things that uh, we could read in the Bible, and that would be fine, but if I was to tell you the story, it's too dark to even say, really. Um, it's like kind of thing that has to be viewed after the watershed. Um, but it is, he does what I think is probably the worst thing, one of the worst things that a human being could do to other human beings. Um, and... Uh, and he, he writes this as a poem, as a song. So we're thinking about being pure in heart. And we're thinking that being pure in heart isn't necessarily living a perfect life, but it's having God as our ehad, our one, the one we're focused on. And what that means is, is inevitably, when our lives become inconsistent, which they will do, um, when we realize we've lived without integrity, which we will do. It's that chance to come to him in repentance. And King David wrote this most amazing song, 
or poem in um, the Psalms. So I know we've got children having fun at the back, um, but let me, let me read this over you. And you might be thinking of certain areas in your life where you know there's a mismatch between the secret, the private, and the public. You know there's a mismatch in the way that your values are and the way that you actually live. It might be something you said to someone. It might be something you've done. And David writes this poem. This is from the message version. Let's have this as a prayer, and then we'll be just summing up at the end. Generous in love, God, give grace. Huge in mercy, wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt. Soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been. My sins are staring me down. You're the one I've violated, and you've seen it all, seen the full extent of my evil. You have all the facts before you. Whatever you decide about me is fair. I've been out of step for a long time, in the wrong since before I was born. What you're after is truth from the inside out. Enter me, then. Conceive a new, true life. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow-white life. Tune me in to foot-tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from grey exile. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. Um, if the band could get up, I think we're going to sing. Um, but or could we stand together? And I'm going to ask you some questions, and then we're going to pray a prayer from Psalm 51. So let's let's stand with each other, and um, I'm going to ask you some questions which are rhetorical. You don't need to answer me. <laughs> are you a consistent person across the public, private, and secret areas of your life? Do your actions and words match the values that you want to live by? Can you think of situations where for various reasons you wear a mask, you pretend to be someone you're not? Is your heart focused on God as your Ehad, your one and only? Or is something or someone else filling that place? If you're like me, the answer to each of those questions is yes, I think so, maybe, probably. <laughs> um, and if that's true and you can really own that, then you're poor in spirit. You've realized you need help and you can't make it on your own. Before we sing, let's say this together from David's prayer in Psalm 51. Create in me a pure heart, O God, 
and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Amen.